Good morning, my friends. Welcome back to the Living Centered Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Collier, spiritual director out of Richmond, Virginia. Hope you're having a good morning, maybe a nice hot cup of coffee or cup of tea, maybe a little bit of breakfast. I do want to warn you, though, and be transparent with you up front. I'm about to ruin it for you a little bit, just a little bit. I apologize. Just hang with me for a moment. I'd like to read from you this morning from the New Testament book of Romans, of course, authored by the Apostle Paul. This is from uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, if uh, you are familiar with the Old Testament, uh, you're well aware that there were a lot of biblical sacrifices in ancient times, lots of sacrificing of animals. Uh, they were made often by slaughtering the animals and burning them on an altar as an offering to God uh, for forgiveness of sins and a variety of other things. Um, and if you and I were there, uh, we would not be particularly accustomed to this sight and smell of animal sacrifices. Apparently, the smell of burning flesh and blood would have been very intense and On top of that, you would have the smoke and the odor, which would kind of fill the air around the altar. And additionally, just that process of slaughtering the animals would have also produced a pretty strong smell of blood. Uh, But it's important to note that the smell of animal sacrifice would have been a relatively common and very familiar one at the time because this was a part of their culture and this was ordered by God, commanded by God as a part of their law. And so they would faithfully do this. Uh, The priests would would do this on behalf of the people. And it would not have been seen as particularly offensive or unpleasant by the folks who regularly participated in these rituals. It was considered a sacred act of worship and was an important part of the religious practices of the time. Um, However, Paul is calling his friends— in Rome, who, of course, he had not met at this point. Um, he, he had written this letter to them and had mentioned that you know he was looking forward to coming to Rome. He hadn't had a chance to actually meet the folks at the church, but there were a handful of people there, and we get a little bit of insight into this, that he did know who were there, and he, he, um, he mentions them uh, at the end of the letter. Um, so there is, you know, this isn't completely out of place, but it's interesting that he's telling folks who he doesn't really know all that well to become a living sacrifice, something that smells. And then, of course, uh, this was to the church in Rome. And while animal sacrifice may have been somewhat familiar to a lot of these folks, um, this is Rome, right? This is the capital of the empire. Um, And uh, he is basically asking folks to live a life that is so contradictory to the rest of the culture. Um, that uh, they would be a scene or at least smelled as a living sacrifice. He communicates effectively sort of the same idea to the church in Corinth as well. In his letter, his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter two, he says, but thanks be to God 
who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. And in the, the next line, he says it again. So he's, he's making a point here. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. We are to give off a smell. Something's going to smell about us. Something's going to be off about us as we live a life for God. And, you know, you see these things on bumper stickers sometimes, you know, live for God, living for God, or you hear folks say, I'm, I'm living for God, pursuing God. Um, what does that actually mean? And I, I think it's a, there's a few things here that uh, kind of connect to the point that I'm making about being a living sacrifice, um, and of which he calls to holy and pleasing to God. Holy meaning set apart, right? Something other than what is accustomed, you could say. What I'm saying is we are no longer our own master. When we say that we are living for God, we are no longer our own master. We are no longer our own shepherd. Jesus is my owner. Jesus is our master and shepherd. He is our father. God is our father. He is our treasure. He is our wisdom. He is our hope. He is our fullest and lasting pleasure. So in following Christ, we will and we are going to be recovering our life, recovering our soul and renouncing all claims upon our life. That is counterculture, my friends. That is counter to what you are going to find in the rest of the world. In uh, the book of Romans, uh, again, here in chapter 12, right, he says, I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice, meaning I want God to possess me. I will have the aroma of Jesus, Jesus to rule me, to satisfy me, to use me for his purposes. Paul goes on in chapter 6 uh, earlier and says that God would accomplish his good and holy purposes through our souls, our hearts, our strengths, our mind, our life. And that there's a connection there to um, the Shema, right? The ancient, um, the ancient, the ancient prayer. The, the, the Lord is one. The Lord is God. And I will love the Lord my God with all of my heart, my soul, and my strength. To live for God, to pursue God, means to entrust our souls to a faithful creator while doing good. My friends, if we do this, we will have the aroma of Christ. And to some, it may be a pleasant smell, but to others, it may not. So count the costs. There is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost to apprenticing and being a disciple of Jesus. So my friends, I encourage you today, Pursue the Lord with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your life, your soul, all of yourself. Set yourself apart. We are called to be a living sacrifice, not to conform with the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, with all that said, my friends, thanks for listening to the podcast, Spiritual Direction is an opportunity for people to consider what God is doing in their lives. 
It's great for folks who want to go deeper in their faith, maybe are uh, in a period of discernment in their lives. Uh, maybe you're asking some big questions, and spiritual direction could be great for folks who are also uh, no longer in therapy or counseling, but would like to continue to be faithful to what they have learned and how to follow Christ in the midst of whatever it is that you may or may not be going through. If that's you and you would like to learn more, my email is in the show notes of this episode. Shoot me a note. Let's connect and see if spiritual direction would be a good fit for you. Thanks for listening.